Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Hey, once again, it's Mike. <clears throat> Can do another recording today. I imagine people must think I'm nuts, but the truth of the matter is, might be. Um... Uh, but at the same token, sometimes the best thing for a man to do is just to get out of their head somehow. So I'm going to do some more reading of A Man of Heroic Endurance, Job, by Charles R. Swindell. It is nothing but the truth, and it's still the 22nd of July, 2016. As I, quite frank with you, if I not doing something like this, my head just goes over and over again. All the injustices have been done to me over the years. Some deserving, most not. What I've been going through the past five years. The abuse, the use, the lies, the deceptions from his, my son's mother. And I'm tired of it. So I'm trying to just leave it in God's hands and move on and grow in my relationship with Him. Because in the end of the day, from all my life experience, nothing else matters. Or I should say, rephrase that. The first priority of all relationships is a relationship with our Creator, our God, Jehovah, Yahweh, Great I Am that I Am, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, of Job, of you and I, and. Um, I don't know what to do. I mean, it's just, uh, I don't know what to do. But, you know, five years of, of being exploited, treated like a pile of dung, lied about, driven out, exploited, used. There's a point when you just no longer can even look at the person that you've been dealing with in their face knowing all this. Chapter 17, A Penetrating Reproof from the Almighty. God connects with us in unusual ways. When he does, he often says the most unexpected things. If you're like me, you were taught 
that God's message comes in calm and peaceful settings. His tone will be gentle and quiet, like a still, small voice, the voice Samuel heard from his bed in the temple and the prophet Elijah heard at the mouth of the cave at Horeb. We were also told his message will be predictable. But that's not true. There are times when he gets our attention in chaotic contexts, following a close brush with death. We realize after the fact that he protected us from harm. Those messages put a chill down our spine. It happened to Ann Chapman, employed by Michael's Art and Craft Store at the Northgate Shopping Center at 5.20 p.m. on a Wednesday afternoon. The first bolt fired in a shooting spree that ultimately killed five people in Montgomery County, Maryland. He cut a dim-sized hole excuse me, a dime-sized hole in the display window and nicked a light fixture, pierced two poster board signs, and hit a metal rack holding rows of mini-books. Amazingly, it nearly missed Anne as it stopped next to a bolt called Inspirations, or Inspiration for, for the Heart near the Prayer of... Jehez by Jehez by Bruce Wilkinson. The cover flap on the particular book reads A simple daily prayer from the heart can inspire you to seek God's constant favor, power, and protection. God's message that afternoon to Ann Chapman was anything but calm, quiet, and peaceful. In her case, it came near the deadly trajectory of a bullet fired from a sniper's high-power rifle. God doesn't always tiptoe into our world, making his presence known in a gentle manner. The prophet Nahum, Nahum, or Nahum, I guess it's Nahum, tells us it's sometimes a whirlwind and a storm. Nahum 1 3. Nahum, I don't know. When he, gives, when he gave Moses the law at Mount Sinai, that rocky mountain was surrounded by thick, heavy clouds where there were flashes of lightning, hair-splitting blasts of thunder. Exodus 19, 16 through 19. Elijah witnessed similar scenes as Ezekiel, as did Ezekiel when the Lord made his presence known. The power and majesty of God 
are evident most dramatically in forces of nature, whirlwind, and storm are often expressions of his judgment. For all their grandeur, however, these mighty forces are dwarfed in the presence of the Lord, whom the highest heavens cannot contain. The tempest is but the disturbance caused as he marches by, and the dark storm clouds are merely dust stirred up by his feet. And it's interesting because before I was at the porch there, again looking at that pretty garden that God gave me, and look up in the sky and looking at the fake clouds, the global dimming, the lack of blue sky. And I'm thinking to myself, when God finally does make his judgment, how horrendous it will be. This man plays God, messing around with the weather, clouds, nature. In truth, it's only the illusion that we have any kind of control over anything. The forces of nature, as much as we like to believe so, with geoengineering and harp and all the other jazz, is only an illusion. He is allowing things to happen the way they're happening. Almighty God. And I can only imagine when the judgment does happen how horrendous and nightmarish and frightening it will be for all those of us who do not have a personal relationship with Him and trust in Him and eternal life through Jesus Christ. Martin Luther, while pursuing a law degree as a young man in Erfurt, Germany was caught in a thunderous lightning storm which so frightened and humbled him he believed God was telling him he should not be pursuing law. He became convinced this was God's way of saying he need he needed to enter the monastery and serve him for the rest of his life. Sometimes I feel this is what's going on with me. And maybe the reason why I have so much misery is because I'm not serving God. I'm not putting him first. I joked with my sister and brother-in-law who are Catholics. I said, you know, I've always thought since a young man that I should have became a priest. Looking back on that, really what I was trying to say is, although they would never understand anyway, so I was trying to just talk their language, that somehow I should have served God, that I should not have been involved in my lusts and my passions, chase after pretty women, music, art, everything else, jobs, careers, 
that's probably the reason why my life has been so difficult is because I have not been serving my God. And I don't know what else to say except that and a parable of the talents and the parable of the um, master and the servants and uh, him hiring folks late in the day and getting paid, paid and then all the same, then maybe I'm one of those folks that are being hired late in the day. I don't know. I don't know anything. All I know is that without God, I have zero hope. Not anything, not one ounce of hope in this corrupt world, in my corrupt body. That is the reality of all things. He truly is the potter. We are all the clay. And he can do anything he wants to us. What he wants with us. The more one thinks about that, the more and more one realizes that mercy should be in all our prayers. Now people say, well, what about that God was a loving God? I imagine he is. I've seen him be gracious and generous to me throughout this time. So I cannot say that he's not. But he is master. He is God. Which means at the end of the day, it's his will. It's his way or the highway, pretty much. Now, he doesn't allow us all to make our own decisions, but whether that would be the case, but... I don't know what else a man can honestly say, but if we're willing to accept that same attitude towards a wife, uh, boss, employer, the government, certainly we have that attitude and perspective towards our God. It's his way or the highway. The highway that leads to destruction. As the song is titled, Highway to Hell, they weren't just saying that stuff, believe it or not, folks. Those weak, silly, deceived adult children of that band from Australia believe it. Worship it and want to be there. As hard as that is to imagine. Why anybody? So they get their reward as they chase like maggots after dung like we all do without God. 
they're all maggots. Oh God, it seems that way. Probably not the greatest way of a tactful thing to say. My apologies for saying such, but it's clear that the music industry is run by Satan. Which was something that I wanted for decades to be part of. So anyways, we're reading here about the old uh, story of Luther and the thunderstorm frightened so much that he entered the monastery and served him for the rest of his life, him being God Almighty. Luther later testified that he sensed God's presence in that frightening storm. Against his father's wishes, he quit his law studies and became a monk. He firmly believed God was speaking to his heart in the midst of that horrendous storm. Theologians refer to that sort of visible manifestation of the deity as a theophany. That's T-H-E-O-P-H-A-N-Y. T-H-E-O-P-H-A-N-Y. Theophany. We may be too insensitive or preoccupied to hear God's still voice, but God's soul-stirring messages are never forgotten. Many of us could testify that our lives began to be changed because of some reproof that came through an enormous, significant theophany. For some, it was literally a whirlwind experience. I guess for my theophany was that Saturday when my son's mother was at work and I was taking care of him. She came back irate and crying and going nuts over a fourth step that I did for the first time that she broke up with me. And screamed and yelled and said, I'm going to kill myself and get drunk. I tried to call her a dozen times for the next couple, three hours. No response. I finally asked my father to come pick me up. And my son, because there's something wrong with Chase. Or not Chase, with his mom. And, of course, I didn't have a car. A month, a month, uh, within a week later, she had already, uh, within a week, she had already filed the papers, got a lawyer, and lied her ass off, and she found herself a witch, and I mean that literally, a woman uh, steeped in AA, and more of philosophy and new ageousness who was really interested in money and used that as an excuse. In reality, it was God using what was meant for evil for good because that was the... I started having to do soul search. I remember that month uh, because a month later my dad died 
And next thing you know, I went to a, because I had counsel from an atheist that I met in the program of AA. At the time, thought I thought he might have knew something. Turns out that the guy is one of the sickest dudes that ever was. I don't even think he's in the program or I think he's been in and out of the mental ward institute for a long time. He's pretty brilliant or actually smart, but as far as men are, as standards go, but so I went to a, um, it was a Fulton County, of all things, Fulton County, not the prison, but uh, they have health, you know, I can't remember what they call it, but basically it's a site work for a week, hoping that they might have some answers for me and solutions and how I'm going to deal with the loss of my father and son's mother and pretty much my son and any kind of semblance of ever having some kind of normal life. And again, they had no answers in reality, and it took another couple years of me soul-searching, really soul-searching, hours and hours, day after day, for two years to finally uh, decide to open up the Bible. And I finally, after accepting the fact that there is truly evil in this world and that Satan is being allowed, at the time I didn't know he was being allowed to, but that's for you to follow the numbers of people that truly are worshiping Satan at the top, the heap, a bunch of Luciferians, that maybe. There could be uh, some answer. And obviously it wasn't going to be my might and will, my abilities. The counter was Christ. And then it was just a journey, and it's been a journey. I look back at myself. Was I a bad man in the world's standards? How they would see it? No. But let's face it, the world standards are really not that high. The truth of the matter is, whether I want to admit or not, I was living in sin with my son's mother. She was becoming, once again, if not already, my God. Like so many other men who end up in a dysfunctional, godless relationship. I think she was praying to whoever God that is. I really think at this point, I have to just let go and let God for real when it comes to my son, even if it ends up that I lose him and that he hates my guts and thinks I'm the worst dad I ever was. Because the odds are, regardless of what I do at this point, I probably will. But I do have to stand my ground as a man, finally. I have to say... No, God comes first. Then my son's mom, mother comes a distant, distant last place. I could be there for my son, but I'm not going to allow her to use me anymore. I have had him three to five days a week, sometimes seven days straight, for years now. 
in the court agreement. I'm only supposed to have them pick them up at 6 in the morning, and then she's supposed to pick them up after her shift. And that's it. She has never helped in anything. She's done nothing but cause me misery. She's been rude, psychotically rude, lied. I met a therapist once before this, me being born. Said no, as after he's born, because I, I did see a, a therapist after the breakup and um, during it. And I remember the guy who tried to give us some couple of counseling here, marriage counselor, came to me afterwards and pretty much told me he thought that she was a psychopath. And so that's, um, or a sociopath, I mean, sociopath. And that, you know, um, that has been one of my motives to try to be there consistently for my son to be there and try to protect him from her as much as possible. In the meantime, he's been missing his mom greatly. Because at his age, he's supposed to spend time with his mom. It's just being normal. I don't know what else to do except to let go and let God and let God take care of all of this because I'm so tired of dealing with it. As much as I love my son and I miss him greatly, in all honesty, I prefer to spend my time with God. Learning about him and his inscrutable ways. I don't know. I find that everything in life is a big letdown. Not everything, but most things. Yeah, everything. In a day, without God, everything's just a big letdown. We have the big build-up, work-up towards whatever our expectations are, only to find that they're all misdirected and delusional. So what am I to do? I know one thing. If she wants to still play the game... She's going to have to step step up and start helping us out. All this time she's been thinking that she's just playing a game and punishing me. In truth, she's been punishing her son like she did the three kids before. She doesn't know. I don't know what to do. With God's hands, who knows? Maybe if she's... Everyone else is... Them step up the plate for a while. Maybe they'll realize what... I've been doing all along. Maybe they uh, might get some credit for once and some help. If not, I do know one thing. If the game's going to be played like it has been, I want custody of my son. I want equity, bare minimum, which means joint custody. And if it won't happen then uh, I expect her to pay me by the hour while the times I have them over the court agreement. And if that doesn't happen, 
and she takes him away from me. I believe that God's will, that I, he has other plans for me than to raise my son, which is a strange thing to think about. That one, in loving, be trying to be a loving father, trying to be kind to someone who's been using you for five years, really is kicking out the pricks. And is really just maybe not what God's will is for me. Who knows what his will is for me? Maybe I have no idea. There's no maybes of that one, though. Okay, back to the reading. We may be too insensitive or preoccupied to hear God's still voice, but God's soul-stirring message is never forgotten. Many of us could testify that our lives began to change, to be changed because of some reproof that comes through an enormously significant theophany. For some, it is literally a whirlwind experience. It is for Job, when God broke the silence, he bolted forth out of the whirlwind, Job 38.1, and all of us who have waited and ached so long with Job... To hear God's voice, we now say with a sigh, finally. The Lord's first message. Once God breaks the silence, he gives two speeches. His first message is recorded in Job 38, 1 through 40, verse 5. He doesn't give Job any answers to his questions. He doesn't apologize for having been silent so long. He doesn't offer a hint of information about the whole thing between himself and Satan. Way back when it all started, furthermore, God doesn't acknowledge that Job has been through deep struggles. When he finally speaks, he begins with a reproof. But now Job has gotten a bit independent and arrogant you get like that when you defend yourself too long when you've had to stand against the attacks of others you tend to get a little cocksured that's not I don't know if I'm cocksured but I'm sure frustrated and worn out God is going to communicate a number of things but job one is to get Job's heart right before him. God always knows how to do that. If you take the time to count them, you'll find that God asked 77 questions in two speeches. His opening line is the first question Job must consider. Who is this that darkened counsel by words without knowledge? Job 38.2. The Living Bible renders it this way. Why are you using your arrogance to deny my providence? 
that is not meant to be cruel only stop Joe in his tracks. Only to stop Joe in his tracks, part is what I should say. And this book, is, as well as it's written, there's a lot of... For the people that edited, they missed a lot of things. Well, I must have been busy. He needs to re- refresh your course on who's in charge. He needs to realize that God's ways and works are beyond his ability to understand. Keep in mind, there's not a whole group of people standing there. It's just Job and God, so who? Quotes and quotations are quoted. Question has a simple answer. Now gird up your loins like a man, and I'll ask you, and you instruct me. Job 38.3 Wouldn't that be... What an icebreaker that would be, huh? Oh. (laughs) Let me see the slide. I'm going to see if that might help. A singular pronoun clarify... Thus, singular pronouns clarify that God is not talking to the friends. He's talking directly and only to Job. The first set of questions revolves around the single query. Can you explain or control my creation? It is as if the Lord is saying, just answer the question, Job. And, of course, we look at what's going on in the world today. And it was going on even back when this book was written 14 years ago. The efforts, the dream for 70 years, oh, maybe 70 generations, has been man's desire to control the elements. And for some bizarre reason that only God understands, very few of us recognize or even have the gumption of looking up into the sky to see the endless amount of lines, the global dimming, the haze, the loss of blue sky. I guess we're all so wrapped up in ourselves that the majority of us don't see reality when it's right in our face. Maybe it's because of that cell phone. Maybe it's because of the the computer Maybe it's because we're just so self-absorbed and we're after something, anything other than God. Maybe he's allowing all this to happen while the immature, childish, this is all of us who don't believe in God, Focus on such silliness as the bread and circus show that's out there, as if any of us have anything to do with it. While everything is being put into place, clearly the Satanist Luciferian Albert Pike and his message to his other fellow humanist slash Satanist slash more Luciferian slash tool of Satan revealed to those who have eyes and ears 
back in 1871 of the planned three world wars, World War One, World War Two, and now is what we're witnessing and all gearing up for World War III. And if you have your trust in anything else, but Lord, our God Almighty, you are in deep doo-doo. I don't care if you agree with me or not. The odds are the average man or woman will not. But the truth of the matter is, Hell is being prepared to be unleashed. And so if I were you, I'd really turn to God, God Almighty. Be better off walking with Him alone in this fallen world, whatever that means at this point in this history of man, than it is to put your faith and the newest politician, the next president, the next job, the next woman, the next book, the next anything. And as we now study this, the Word of God and God speaking to Job, I hope that we all, I pray that we all have the capacity to hear some of what God has to say. Most importantly, me, God. Or I can't do anything else about anybody else. I can barely do anything about myself. So, God, teach me. Have mercy on me. Save me. And have a place in heaven. First set of questions revolve around a single query. Can you explain or control my creation? Which is self-evident that he cannot. And all the men of this world today think they can with all the geoengineering going on. You know, I'm being redundant. In the end, they will fail too. And I cannot. Just, when I look in the sky, I must say over and over again, it used to be a time when I was like, God, what's going on? Now it's, good God, the judgment that's going to come upon us is frightening. And if I were you guys, I would take that seriously, take it to the bank, because there is going to be serious judgment coming upon this world for all of us who've been playing God. It's amazing that somebody, if he was real or not, I don't know, and in the day we don't know, but just have faith in it. It's in the Word of God, regardless of who's true or not. The message is absolutely true that a man is absolutely nothing without God. He's a bag of lies, he's a bag of deception, he's just a bag of hot air. compost maker. I know that doesn't sound very loving, but one when one really reduces it down to life and its our reality, 
There's an awful lot of brilliant men in this world according to man's standards that the best they're ever going to have in life is a plaque, is a busk, is a book that they might be credited for an eternity in hell. I know that for most of us, we don't want to stomach it. I don't like to stomach it either. But at this point in my life, and then once again, if you would have known me three years ago, I would be struggling with all concept of hell. Four years ago, I wouldn't even believe there's hell. Five years ago, you would have talked to me and I would have said there's a place in heaven even for Hitler and that we'll all be sitting around a table like an AA meeting talking about and making amends to each other about what we've done to each other that we're sorry. Only to find out today that the only true amends a man can make that's worth a hill of beans is to his, uh, his creator, his God. How does a man do that? How does the creation, the pottery, make amends to the creator? Can't. That's why we need a Savior. That's why we need our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's why we must believe in him. And if you cannot believe in him, you don't want to, or say you cannot, it's, it's right now it's impossible, then you do what I had to do, I suggest, and pray every day and in every prayer for years, if it must take, to have faith in Christ. Because we are saved by the gracious mercy of God through faith in Jesus Christ. It's only begotten. He came in the flesh. He paid for our sins. He died for our sins. And whether you and I like it or not, that's the story of life, of his story. And whether you want it or not, whether you think it's fair or not, matters not because you aren't that important. When I say you, I mean all of us. I think one of the things that the church has done some damage towards many of us is to inflate our importance in God's grand plans. doesn't mean that God doesn't love us. Obviously he does, or else he wouldn't have sacrificed his only begotten son for our sins. But our works are as rubbish, they're as dung, and they are meaningless in sight of our almighty God. And the only thing that matters is having faith in him and his son. How do you do that? Is it intellectualizing? Is it reading every million, millions of books? Or is it getting more... How do you do that, God? I mean, for me, my journey, God, you had to bring me down as low as a man could be. 
in the world that we live in. The only next step lower for me would have been actually living under the viaduct instead of seeing people living under it. I have some of the most utmost respect for the homeless. I wonder how many of those are God's children, his elect, and that was the his plan, their course, their destiny, and this mortal playground, this sandbox. fallen world. Anyways, let's get back to this. I'm just... I try not to go on my rants, but I do a terrible job of it, don't I? The only time I don't seem to do that is when I have a guest, but we'll see where we're at. Oh, by the way, it's next week. Fizz. Fizzagoth might be on the show. We emailed me. He wants to... And I agree, I want to, too, uh, listen to his journey so far this summer, um, what's going on and what's happening as far as uh, how brainwashed everybody is in this uh, Republican and the Democratic Convention. Oh, by the way, did you notice that oh, gosh, oh, oh Trump's wife and Obama's wife had a speech there at their respective <clears throat> conventions on the two wings of the bird, the Republican and Democrat wings. And they basically said the exact same speech, almost word for word. It was only tweaked a little bit here or there. If, at this point... You cannot comprehend that what you're watching is totally staged. This has been going on for thousands of years, by the way. This bread and circus show that the Roman Empire has mastered to a T. Perfection. If you do not realize that it is what it is, I don't know if there's any hope for a person. Except that God, I pray, may have mercy upon you and wake you up. Stop wasting your precious time here in this fallen world following a lie. As people walk like zombies all around, in fact, riding their bikes or skateboards, Driving their cars, my own landlord was hit by a lady who was too busy trying to text and drive at the same time as the poor guy was trying to cross the damn street. Have you seen the videos of people? I guess there's some kind of game. I don't even remember what it's called. It's something they use with their cell phones and they're looking for something, some kind of whatever it is. And the people like zombies just all chase after it. Everywhere I go, restaurants, hospitals, the food pantry, you realize I'm the only person 
that doesn't even have a cell phone in the food pantry. Now, these are people who are supposed to be down in their luck, and yet they can afford a cell phone. I guess you can't live without it. It's as more important today as breathing air. In fact, it's probably more important at this point. Will we all be hooked up like this? The pictures, the movies, a singularity, uh, transhumanist, where they just will plug it into the back of your head and into your heart, and you will just do as they say. As long as you're fed, and you can have sex and everything else like a little animal. It's okay. Does not anybody else see this? I praise God that he is crushing me like he's crushing me. I praise God. I praise you, Heavenly Father, that you're isolating me like you're isolating me. The world might think I'm nuts. Wouldn't make a difference anyways, because the world never think about me anyways. It's a delusion on my part, God. The world doesn't think about me. The fact of the matter is, but it's regardless of what the world thinks about me, it's what you think about. Dear God, it's what you think about me. It only matters. My reputation means not. Interesting that we talk about, read about this book about integrity. What is integrity? What is integrity? There's the world standard of integrity that, that Charles Wendell was pushing back in 2002. I wonder if he still feels the same way. I wonder if God's woken him up to that point of realizing integrity. At least with God's view of integrity, it's something a little different than what the world's view of integrity is. Surely we could do our best. You can do your absolute best, and it may not matter at all. If God wills it, and if the people around you don't value it or appreciate it. What is integrity for real? What form of integrity do you want to be known of having? The standards integrity of this world or what God expects? I'm not preaching to you because you know what? At the end of the day, it was a simple question. The fact of the matter is I'm just as stuck on it as the rest of you. But the one thing I'm learning, what I've learned, my reputation, I can't do much about. The way the world sees me and my, as far as views me and my integrity, not much I can do about. In all honesty, I have no control over what anybody thinks of me, my actions, who I am, whether they love me or not, whether they care about me or not whether they respect me or not, how they, whether they like me or love me once again, or whether they even think about me. 
in all reality, 99.99999% of the world out there doesn't think about me at all. Which makes me think of something myself. If the world's not thinking about me, yet I waste my time thinking about them, there's something not right. There's something skewed. There's balance here. So as a man, if any kind of wisdom that he can gain in this life, maybe thinking about God makes a heck of a lot more sense. Worrying about God and what he thinks about you makes a hell of a lot more sense than worrying about what the rest of the world thinks about you. Maybe we should spend our energy focused on what God thinks about us, what he expects from us, and not so much about what the world thinks about. And I have to be perfectly honest with you, the reason why I'm reading this book so much and doing show after show, two or three a day, maybe four sometimes recordings, is to get out of my sick head. Because when I'm in my sick head, I start having my resentments of all the things that this world is, I've gone through in this world. And I can't help it. I know I'm not alone. I know every one of us goes through this at some point, many points in our lives. And the only relief that I have from any of it is thinking about God in some form, some way. Because he's my only hope. My Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is my only hope. I have literally, praise the Lord, been reduced to that. And uh, I don't really, I should see what's going on here. I apologize, guest two. The courts have always been heavy rigged in favor of females when it comes to divorce and custody. You have heard the song, she got gold mine, I got the shaft. <laughs> if Jesus is coming back, he needs to make it soon. Speed up a little at the least. Poke man go. Poke. Poke man mon. Poke man go. Those are Obama forms. Yes. All right. Well, thanks for sharing. I'm going to get back to reading here, though. Uh, I apologize, guess, too, if I'm not I'm responding. I sit away from the screen so I can read the book. So it's hard for me to multitask. <laughs> if you understand. Okay. So the next. Okay. The next set of questions. Let's go back to this. So the first set of questions revolves around the single query: Can you explain and control my creation? It is as if the Lord is saying, just answer the question, Job, at the end. And that's the end of, with, the ends with a statement of, excuse me, that ends with a statement of humility, which Job makes in the third, fourth, and fifth verse of Job 40. God isn't 
through. The next set of questions asks, can you change or subdue my creation? Oh, boy, does Pam want to. This is, dude, this is all leading up, man. This is just bizarre. This is so bizarre. Life is so bizarre. That's, and that ended, ended with Job's statement of repentance. Well, look at, we'll look at that in the next chapter. But for now, let's think about God's first list of questions which Job answers in utter humility. God begins his interrogation with the creation. Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? <clears throat> the world. Job 38, verse 42. Well, obviously he wasn't anywhere around. Nobody was. Tell me, if you have understanding, Job 38, 4, So the first one was four thirty-eight, verse four a. Next one thirty-eight four. He doesn't know that answer either. Nobody does. Having gotten Job's attention, God presses the issue. Who set its measurements? Since you know, or who stretched a line on it? On what were its bases sunk, or who laid the corner, its cornerstone? Job 38.6. How did all this get fixed? He said space, which I don't agree with. I don't. That's just my opinion. No explanation. Only one possibility. God alone made all this. When the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy, Job's 38.7. That must be a reference to the first stars, those morning stars sang together. Perhaps at creation, the stars literally sang. Maybe it was poetic writing and isn't to be taken literally. Perhaps God is telling Job that all the outer spaces have or were in harmony with one another. <clears throat> Not having been there, we don't know. But again, we had, we may, he may have the angels in mind. Maybe they were the stars who sang at the time of creation. These angelic creatures... We're witnessing all of this with open mouths, staring at God's finger work of creation, perhaps with this incredulous look on their faces. Quickly, God moves, uh, moves to the subject of the sea. Or who enclosed the sea with doors? What does that mean? Who enclosed the sea with doors? Like the Antarctica, a giant sheet wall of ice? Maybe uh, maybe we live in a domish flat world? I don't know. I don't know. 
the damnedest thing is 2016, and most of us have no idea what our world looks like. But through blind faith, we think so, that we do. When bursting forth, it went out from the womb. When I made a cloud, its cloud, its garment, in the thick darkness, the swaddling blanket, and I placed boundaries on it, and set a bolt and doors. What? And he said, For thus you shall come, but now further, and here shall you, your proud waves stop. Job 38, 8, 11. Could you do that, Job? Where were you when that happened? How about now? For sure, Job is getting the drift of all this. Have you ever in your life commanded the morning or caused the dawn to know its place? Job 38, 12. With that holding, Job in awe, God moves to the sun and the greater light by day. Have you entered into the springs of the sea or walked in the recesses of the deep? Have the gates of death been revealed to you or have you seen the gates of deep darkness? Have you understood the expanse of the earth? The expanse of the earth? Tell me, if you know all this, where is the way to dwell to the dwelling of light? And darkness, where is its place? Job 38, 16, verse 19. Anyways, I think we'll do two parts to this. This has consumed a lot of time in my grant. Thanks for understanding, guests, too. Don't take it personally. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.